And that confidence fed my performance in the arena. I walked into the arena with a little more pep in my step, a little more, I can do this and people are paying attention. So that circle really, it happened. Like I I felt it. I felt a difference. I saw a difference and it may have just been, you know, in my mind that there was a difference, but it made for better results in the arena. in on the rail at a jog please on the rail at a jog welcome back everyone to another episode of on the rail podcast super excited about this guest i know all of you will relate and understand this woman that we have on today very prevalent in our industry with all of the latest news so without further ado i'll let her introduce herself and kind of her current involvement with the horse world and where she started from and things like that. Well, hi, this is Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. I'm a big fan of what all are doing and very honored to be here. So I am the co-founder and I guess these days is executive vice president of Go Horse Show, which is an magazine and then Landon and I started almost 15 years ago. And so I grew up in the San Francisco Bay area where there were no horses. My parents were not horse people at all, but I literally came out of the womb, horse, 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 crazy girl could not stop with the briar horses and just, I mean, just horses, horses. And finally for my sixth birthday, my mother looked at my father and said, find her a horse to ride. I can't take this anymore. And so my father found a place in the Berkeley Arinda Hills. It was about 15 minutes from my house. And it was a public boarding stable that had a really strong lesson program. And gosh, I was immediately at home. It was just the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And I loved every second of it, wanted to be on a horse as much as I humanly could be. And by the time I was eight, had been convinced that this was it for me. And they bought me just the greatest first horse. They paid $400 for him. And then the next thing I knew we were showing and showing had the bug and I've, I've never lost it. So that was, that was many years ago and it was exactly where I was supposed to be. And, you know, over the years, they tried to get me into gymnastics and dance and ballet and musical instrument. And every single time I was like, nope, horse, 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 horse. So that's how it all started. Did anybody else in your family ever get into horses or you're still just I was an only child and my parents made it very clear to me that, that it was because I was an only child that they were able to give me the time and the resources to do what I was able to do. But growing up showing in California was fantastic. We, we did some quarter horse, but the, 
big, really big circuit was the open shows. And I mean, these classes, I remember being in a nine and under class national and there were a hundred kids in our class, 15 splits. I met my very best friend in the lineup. She's still my best friend today. I, she was a maid of honor in my wedding. I was a maid of honor in her wedding. And I met her in the lineup when we were both eight at the junior grand national and just shows what the horse industry can do for being able to have wonderful relationships that last a lifetime. Absolutely. So I know you're a pretty big sports aficionado and I believe you worked for ESPN at one time. So what is your background and like, how'd you get in so heavily to sports things? And then maybe tell us a little bit what it was like to work for ESPN. Growing up in the San Francisco Bay area in the eighties was a, a really great time to be a sports fan. And my father was a huge sports fan and he, my entire life had tickets to the 49ers, to the A's, to the Giants, to the Warriors. And that was his passion was going to sporting events. And he would always take me with him when I wasn't at a horse show. So I, I kind of grew up, you know, half on a horse, half at a sporting event. And it was something that he and I were able to do in bonded together. And it was time that he and I had together. And in that time, very, very, very quickly, I became obsessed with sports. And I have a really, over the years I've learned, I have a really photographic memory for statistics and odd, crazy, just things that nobody should need to know, but that's just the way my brain works. So I remember I was 10 years old watching Gail Gardner, who was the first woman broadcaster at ESPN. And ESPN had just launched a few years before that. And I remember being 10 years old and looking at my dad and saying, that's when I grow up. And he, okay, honey, you can do whatever you want, like (laughs) by all means. But then I spent the remainder of my waking moments just obsessed with working at ESPN after I graduated college. And fortunately, I was able to make that happen kind of straight out of college. The funny part of that was that when I did eventually land an interview, it was crazy in and of itself, thinking, okay, they're going to ask me, you know, where do you want to be years and what do you want to do with your life? What can you do to ESPN? I was fully prepared for all of that, like a typical job interview, right? But it turned out that my interview was an hour of sports trivia. I'm like, okay, I've got this. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so I spent an hour grilled on, you know, the starting lineup for the Seattle Mariners and crazy stuff. And I walked out of there thinking that very well, because there was definitely one question that I didn't know the answer to. And I kind of BS my way through it. And I was like, oh, I blew it. I just ruined any opportunity I ever had to work at ESPN. And uh, fortunately, too much longer, I got a call to move to Bristol, Connecticut. And can you be here Monday? Again, almost 10 years of, of working in Bristol, Connecticut at the mothership, as we called it. And it was a phenomenal experience that I wouldn't trade for anything, but it was 
It was definitely not as challenges, but really just an experience of a lifetime. So what did you actually end up doing for them over the time you were there? Yeah. So I started, they, they bring you on um, as temporary employee for six months as a, I was a, I guess they call it a temporary production assistant. So, but throughout the years eventually evolved into being a, a producer. And I, I worked mostly on sports center on NFL game day, NFL primetime outside the lines, but live shows that you still see every day on, on ESPN. And I got to travel quite a bit for that. Got to do some really fun stuff. It was fantastic. I ended with me to Charlotte, North Carolina to start their NASCAR coverage, a live show covering NASCAR. And that was a phenomenal experience to be able to, to, to be like side by side drivers. And at the time, NASCAR was much more accessible to everybody. And, and the drivers were really wanting to give us tons of access. So we got to do some things with that. Is there any one crazy or super fun story you can recall off the top of your head? There's so many highlight of it more than one specific interaction but the highlight was getting to work with just some of the most brilliant talented incredibly inventive people I mean in the 90s ESPN was just so fun and we we had so much fun and between working with Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann on the 11 o'clock Sports Center, which has sort of gone down in history as the greatest show on ESPN ever. That was really special. And just getting to know people behind the camera. And Robin Roberts was a someone who I really appreciated and admired at the time. And she was so nice to me. And just really just getting to work with, with Mike Trico, people who I, Rob Stone, people who I see That was very gratifying, just getting to work with such incredibly talented people. So on that note, which is very interesting, I've never done anything in like the TV production world, but how was it transitioning from ESPN to launching Go Horse Show? And like, what gave you guys that idea to like come up with that? Or what was behind the scenes for that? Yeah, so that didn't happen overnight. I left ESPN to go work in the licensing department of the Major League Baseball Players Association. That allowed me the first opportunity to get back showing horses. So my, my job at ESPN was 100 hours a week. It was, I mean, constant. Just I did not get on a horse for 10 years. But my goal was to always get back to showing. So after 10 years, I need normalcy in my life. And with that normalcy, I was like, I need, I have to get back to riding and showing. And so I took the job with the Major League Baseball Players Association and that allowed me to get a horse and get back showing and kind of get back into it because it had much more normal hours. And then from there, I decided I really wanted to work for myself and I came up with the idea for a online show clothing business. There was nothing like it at the time. So this is like 1999 and 
the idea for what we all now know is show me again was born. When I'm telling you there was nothing, like there were a few people selling clothes on eBay. People were like, that's so sketchy. I would never do that. Who would ever buy anything on the internet? Um, <laughs> they're going to hack my credit card. And, but I saw such a need, you know, personally for myself, I had a closet full of really nice show clothes that I really didn't have a way to rehome. And I didn't necessarily want to wear them anymore, but I knew that they still had a lot of life in them. So I came up with this idea and overnight it kind of just snowballed. And I did that for a few years and, and that a great way to be in the industry and be able to show and make money, you know, with the people that, you know, doing what I, I wanted to do. And I think it was 2006, I believe. My friend, she was Wendy Haberhorst at the time, but now Wendy Brown worked out a deal for her to buy Show Me Again for me. And she has taken it to levels that just, I'm so impressed with what she's done. And she's made it a household name and, you know, a real mainstay of our industry. I'm incredibly proud of, of what she's done with it. So anyway, so I sold Show Me Again. And knew that if I had a job that I wouldn't really be incented to find something. So quick, show me again. And my boyfriend at the time, Furman, and who is now my husband and about to celebrate our 15th wedding anniversary. So this is kind of put it all in time perspective. He and I looked at each other and said, If you could do anything in the world, anything at all for your career, what would you want to do? And we posed that question to each other and very quickly invented go. And it was, it was such a bold moment to both of us. We both wanted to work in the horses. We both went marketing and advertising background. I had the journalism side some you know licensing some marketing and so we invented the website itself for the, the content and then this revolutionary idea of a digital magazine you know prior to that everything was print and it just happened and we just I mean it just wrote itself from what do you want to do and that was almost 15 years ago and now we're here <laughs> Was Landon a horse guy? Yes, he was very much so. Actually, maybe like more than me in Nebraska, um, showed and was very successful at the youth world for many years. Showed as an amateur, he did quite a bit of all around exhibitor, youth exhibitor. And then he actually went to work for a few trainers after he graduated college at Nebraska. So he he has had a, a long, long history with the horses. His family was very involved in the horses and stood some stallions and um, they were very involved and his parents are fantastic and very supportive of, of you. And he had the horse background. He, he knew everybody that I didn't know. <laughs> and so we, you know, we were able to be 
launched, you know, we knew you know, most of the players in the industry and, and between the two of us had the skill set to be able to hit the ground running. And little did we know how fast it would take off and, and where we were going with it. Which is a really cool problem to have. Were you already located in Texas at that point in time or did you live elsewhere? Actually in Kansas City for a hot second, but we quickly moved to Texas. He had lived we met and I got him to come to Kansas City for a second, but quickly recognized that we were really Texas people. And my mother was from Texas, from the dad coming here a ton. And in being in the horse world at that point quite a bit to love the area. And so we've been in basically in the Dallas area the vast majority of the time. So with Go Horse Show taking off that quickly, what does your day-to-day tasks include for Go Horse Show? Like, I'm sure you wear a million different hats with it. Right. And those hats have changed a little bit through the years. Originally, when we started, I was sort of responsible for all of the content on the website. And then I was also selling pages in the magazine. But it's evolved into today, my primary role is GoMag. I am the GoMag girl and everything that that involves. So if someone wants to advertise with us, I'm your girl. And so I'm everything that it takes to get the clients. They determine what months they want to advertise in, getting the ads, and then Landon and I put it all together He's definitely the more technological, but without him, I, I don't think I could do it. But I am the vast majority of my of my job today is making sure we have an amazing product every month and working with the clients and making sure they're happy. And then I also do all of our yeah. And I have a hand, a very small hand in the actual content on the website. And she and Landon work side by side and do the website and the content. When you guys first started, did you find it, I don't want to say difficult, but was it a little challenging to talk clients into like always having published ads printed versus going the digital route? Like, was there ever like a challenge with getting people to like switch over to the digital world during that time? Sure. June 2008 was the very first issue of GOMAD. We, technical world, the digital world was definitely here. You know, the horse world tends to be a little bit behind, or we found it to be a little bit behind in that, but most people got it. Most people, if they were advertising, they were paying exorbitant money to be in print. And we offered, and in 2008, the world, or at least the United States, was in a terrible financial depression. And the horse market crashed. <laughs> yes. But our we came along with, you know, you could have a page for $130. And people quickly realized that they could have an online exposure for a fraction of the cost. And we, I think at the time, our little phrase was, we are the future of the industry. And I'm happy to say now that you can drop the word future, but there was some 
pushback from the digital in the very beginning, more with the, the older set, you know, the, you know, the kids and the moms and pretty much got it quickly. The amateurs, they, they got it and they saw what we were able to do at a fraction of the price. And that's still us today. I mean, I remember at the grocery store, there would be an entire aisle of print magazines. And now if you see three on an end cap, that's about three more than I'll see in weeks, right? So, you know, online is no longer anyone questions it. It's, and for the price and for the exposure that we're able to give, I mean, worldwide, everything is digital today. It's, it's not a fit. It's not a phase. It's not a fad. If it didn't happen online, it, it kind of doesn't exist anymore. Like it didn't happen. One of the things I love about the GoMag is that I know the first of every month it's going to be in my inbox. And so it's kind of like you almost, you know, you count on it, you know, it's going to be there, which is exciting to always be able. I, you know, that's like my thing I do usually the evening of whatever the first of the month is, is when I'm sitting down for my few minutes of downtime in the evening, then I get to sit there and, you know, scroll through it. I love that. We, many years ago, made a very conscious decision that we are coming out on the first of every month. And we want people to be able to count on it. And that is just something that we do. And Jenna has been a wonderful and loyal client of ours. I actually looked back on your phone. You've been a consistent face in GoMag since 2015. I was like, I didn't even know that. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me feel old though. (laughs) But it's been great. (laughs) Well, we appreciate it. Still to this day have one of my very all-time favorite covers. That was just stunning. And it's been so incredible to get to know people like yourself, who I may not have crossed paths with throughout the years, but I feel like I totally know you because I see your ad and go mag every month. I guess we've had a, a more years than I remember, you know, partnership of some kind. And you've always been just so generous and so kind and so easy to talk to. So I value that partnership too. Thank you. We value you very much. So how often do you travel anymore with Go Horse Show? Or is that more like your freelance writers? Or do you have, you know, photographers that you send you candids? Or what's your travel schedule like for the magazine? I don't know if you know, but I had two back surgeries this past summer, which kind of put a damper on my travel last year. But for the most part, I go to all of the world shows, the con to the Sun Circuit and as many other shows in addition, but I'm, you know, I'm always at the youth world, the NSBA world, the APHA world, Congress, big world, and those like are non-negotiables for me in the Sun Circuit. We have photographers who go to those shows for us, people who do candidates for us at, at 40 shows throughout the year. But what I have found is that, you know, I could be on the road 300 days a year. The long and the short of it is we would have to charge so much more money <laughs> to be able to economically make that work. So, you know, when you can just, you can get a page for $100 and not having to stay in a hotel 300 nights a year, that it's better off for our advertisers for us to try to keep our 
costs as reasonable as possible and keep my expenses as low as possible. So we cover all of the shows, you know, we're, we're out there. We have the people who freelance for us are at events all over the country and have their ear to the ground and know what's going on and kind of come back and pitch different story ideas from it. And that's kind of how that all works. I was wondering how you got some of your article ideas, but if you have access to so many of these people, like you said, all over the country, then there's always something going on in the horse world. It's just whether or not, you know, you get to hear about it, but you guys always have like the best articles too, that are actually either fun and informative just to get to know somebody better or informative from a standpoint where they actually really apply to, you know, all of us crazy horse people and whatever we're struggling with. (laughs) Thank you. I'm amazed at, after all of these years, I believe we have written over 9,000 original. I am amazed that we are able to keep coming up with new ideas. We have a inbox of hundreds of stories we still haven't done. That. So there's no shortage of that. And you would think that there would be after all of this time, but it just... The industry is so interesting and fascinating that there's always something to talk about. Mm -hmm. That's ever evolving. and changing. That's for for sure. sure. So on that note, how many writers do you guys usually have at a given time? Yeah. So it varies. varies. We have a small handful of ones who are like, okay, this story's done. What's my next assignment? But then we have a, a, pool of 10 or 20 other people who will pitch ideas, say, can I do this? So there's no set number and it's very fluid. We, during the summer, we get interns. I love bringing in high school kids who just bring a a new sort of set of eyeballs and a a young to things. Violet Shetler is, is going to be one this summer and she's verbally committed to SMU for next year. And she has been advertising with us since I believe she was like seven. I mean, her first ad, she had pigtails and it was was the cutest thing ever. She's from Pennsylvania and and does the all around and is just a really sweet girl and very bright. And we've had some incredible interns over the years, but basically it's Laura Gilmer is sort of the quarterback of all of it. And she is the one who um, assigns the stories and make sure that they all get done. So yeah, that's how that works. What do you enjoy the most about writing the website, the magazine, and what do you maybe dislike the most or enjoy the least? So there's so much that I enjoy. I think I am the luckiest woman in the world to be able to combine my passion for horses and for journalism and marketing and advertising, to be able to combine that and do that for a living is a dream come true. Is working at ESPN was great, don't get me wrong, but this is this is what I love and this is what I think I was I was supposed to do. And I love getting to meet new people, being able to watch there. I mean, just like, for example, Violet Shetler, who I just mentioned, just being able to watch the evolution of, of people throughout their career. And Grant Mastin, we had ads for him when he was in Small Fry. 
And then fast forward a few years and he's winning the Congress in the world multiple times. And just being able to, to have relationships with, with these people and cheering for them. I'm, I am your loudest cheerleader in the stands at these horse shows. And it brings that just brings me a lot of satisfaction as well. So my least favorite part is when competitors play a little dirty. If I had a nickel for every time, imitation is the, the sincerest form of flattery. We say that quite a bit around here. And we, but we also say, stay in your lane and keep your head up. And that's exactly what we do. Don't stoop down to other levels. But I will say without question, the, the hardest and worst part of what we do is dealing with horse or people death, reporting on it. You know, everyone handles death differently. Everyone mourns differently. And having to navigate all of that while being incredibly sensitive to people's needs. Some people want you to contact them immediately and want to get the word out and want to scream from the rafters how great the horse was and how much they're going to miss them and and mourn. And some people want the extreme opposite. And such a sensitive topic and having gone through it personally, having lost some, some really wonderful horses, I completely understand all these involved, but that is my least favorite, just death in in and of itself, of course, and trying to navigate all of that with the people who are involved. Yeah, actually, that's something I kind of never really thought about that much for you, you know, as the operator of Go Horse Show and Go Mag is, I mean, you do report news for sure. So there is that negative side of it, but it, you know, most of the time we're like, oh, it's fun and horse shows and new things happening in events, but I could totally see where that would be. Yes. It's challenging and ever want to do is offend anybody by what we do or don't do. We've learned through the years how to, the best way to, to navigate all of it, but it's, it's, it's never fun. And my heart always for the people involved in it. It's, that's, it's challenging. Definitely the roughest part I could imagine. So let's see, let's go a positive way. What would be your favorite show or let's just say time of year that you like covering the horse shows? Is there anyone in particular that you absolutely love to cover? Well, I love being at the sun circuit for the weather. Everybody's so happy. It's, you know, everybody gets to ride outside. It's a great, really kick off the year and end of July to November. It's our Super Bowl for five months, right? I absolutely love the youth world. It is from the standpoint of what I get to do for a living is really, really light for me. I love that energy and the emotion and those kids work so hard and they put it all out on the line. And I love them all too. I, I used to love showing at the Congress. It was my favorite show to show at. You either love the Congress or you hate the Congress, but I love being there now. And the ring circus of all of it just keeps it, keeps it really, really fun and nonstop the entire time we're there. And then I love, I mean, I, I love all of them. I, I, 
But so to specifically answer your question, really the end of July to November is the heart of, of every that we do. But the getting there before that is really fun too. Like we're, we're really feeling the energy right now and, you know, people really excited for the year and get to see new people come out with new ad campaigns for the year. And I love, I love seeing that. I love the energy part of the year. So when December rolls around, do you feel like you kind of come up for a breath of air finally after just being buried for the last five or six months? And it's certainly not just us. I mean, the entire industry takes a deep breath, but then it's, can't sleep on these stallions, new, you know, new set of, of clients and new set of ads and a whole different feel and, and, you know, the, the babies and all of that are I love that too. So yeah, so December, January, February is mostly all about the breeding, but the horse shows, there's still some really good horse shows during that time. So we can't take our eye off of that. But yes, we do take a little bit of a deep breath in December. We 10, which is nice. It gives all people a couple of weeks off as we run the top 10 stories of the year. That's something we've done, I think from year one. And that's a great way to sort of look back on the year and remember all of the things that happened that people cared about. Yeah, I always enjoy seeing those too. Would you say the industry has shifted in any way in the time you've been running Go Horse Show? Absolutely. And it's primarily because of the internet and because everything is digital. I mean, the difference today versus 2008, the access that everyone has to the industry and things like doing today, you couldn't do that, you know, 15 years ago. And so what has changed? Digital, 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 digital. It's definitely taken over all of our lives, I think. Like, I don't (laughs) know, you can't go a day without being on your phone. I know. and. Trust me, I've tried and it's impossible. (laughs) I don't know what we did before these phones, but yeah. And, you know, like whenever we get on an airplane, I play Spot the Magazines. And, you know, you used to get on an airplane and people would be reading a magazine. That was just what you did to kill the time. And now you get on an airplane and everybody has their phone, their iPad in their face the entire flight. And I'm like, this is a microcosm of our world. Say that same thing about like waiting rooms and doctor's offices or, you know, there used to be magazines on the yes, tables exactly. that everybody has. And there still is a lot of places, but nobody's reading them. Everybody's nobody's got their head them. buried in a phone. Yes. You're in your phone. And I still have a little bit of leftover COVID. Ew. Some, a lot of people may have touched that. And I don't want to. <laughs> <take that. laughs> very, very valid. Yeah. <laughs> So how valuable do you feel like advertising is for just like your average exhibitor? Do you have any input on that? Absolutely invaluable. I could not emphasize that more. It is such an important piece. I look at whether you're a multiple world champion or just getting started. It is such an important piece of the puzzle. You know, you have to have the horror attack, the trainer, you know, within reason, you know, don't always have that, but those are, you know, important pieces, but the advertising piece is 
so easy and we make it so affordable. I can't emphasize more how invaluable it is. And I can personally speak. So after I took 10 years off, nobody had any idea who I was. I came back and was like, okay, I need and want to advertise. And the difference between my confidence before I was advertising and while I was advertising, I mean, my confidence had so many people saying, I saw you in a magazine. Wow, your ad was really cool. And oh, I didn't realize you congratulations. And that confidence fed my performance in the arena. I walked into the arena with a little more pep in my step, a little more, I can do this. And people are paying attention. So that circle really, it happened. Like I I felt it. I felt a difference. I saw a difference. And it may have just been, you know, in my mind that there was a difference, but it made for better results in the arena. Whatever gives you more confidence when you walk in the show pin is absolutely absolutely worth it. Right, right. (laughs) And so now we're able to offer this so easily. I mean, the process is simple. We treat our clients like we would want to be treated. So you know what? You you don't have to do this month. You want to wait. You want to kick the can for six months. Entirely up to you. You can do whatever issue you want. And we're able to offer it at such an affordable price and have such reach that I really think it it has to be a, a part of your overall plan. What would you like to still accomplish or see happen for Go Horse Show? So honestly, there's not a lot that that we want to change. You know, 15 years ago, we were the future. We the future is here. I mean, we're here. Our sort of philosophy is that the tortoise wins the race. We're in this for the long haul. And we have always prided ourselves ahead of the industry. And we will continue to push ourselves that way. But we don't have big plans or anything like that. We stay in our lane. We do what we're good at. And we do it with a smile on our face. And I I don't see that changing. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah. Put very well. Doesn't mean you can't evolve it one way or another. But yeah, keep doing what's gotten you where you are. So as we kind of begin to wrap up here, if somebody is interested in advertising with Go Horse Show, maybe for the first time ever, how would they go about doing that? Contact me. Email, phone call, text, Facebook Messenger, Instagram Messenger. I am your person. I will help make the process as easy and affordable as possible. And don't be intimidated. Don't be scared. We are so fortunate to have so clients. And they all started with their first ad at some period of time. They were all first in GoMag one time or another, you know, we still have clients from the original June, 2008 issue. And then you know, this next issue, we're going to have a lot of new faces. And so, like I said, we keep it very simple, but contact me and would absolutely love to see what we can do for you. 
Yeah. I can remember when I first dabbled in the area of running an ad and you almost or have a little bit of trepidation about it because you don't want to be like that new person that has to ask the stupid questions because you don't know what you don't know, but you don't know how to really get involved in it either. But I can say from personal experience that you're just wonderful to work with and so kind and helpful in every way. So I would tell people to not hesitate to reach out to you and we'll make sure all of your contact information is in our show notes too. Thank you. And and Jenna, there are no stupid questions, really. We all started sometime and I certainly can never expect people to have answered it at all, even ones who have been with us for a long time, you know. So there's no need to be intimidated and just try to, you know, this horseshoe is fun and it, we need to keep it fun and we need to keep people engaged and wanting to come back and continue to do this. And we all are in this together to make it successful and do what's best for the industry. And that's where we come at from 24 seven, what is best for the industry and, you know, these wonderful people engaged. I mean, amen. <laughs> <laughs> amen, everybody. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> All righty. Well, we will begin to wrap up here. Susanna, thank you so much for your time. you have any closing thoughts for us? If not, first and foremost, I really just want to thank you for giving me this opportunity. This has been really fun. I could talk about the horse show and the horse industry for hours. And I really appreciate the platform to be able to do that. And I really want to take this opportunity to thank my husband, Landon. He is such an integral part of this organization and he, he doesn't get nearly the recognition that he should. We could not do this without him. He's phenomenal and and such just carries so much of the weight. And Laura and all of the people who have worked with us over the years, it has been absolutely a team effort and could not do it without every single one of them. And their hard work and passion and perseverance does not go unnoticed. And I I really, I might be the one that you're talking to, but you're really talking to, I represent a, a group of people who I'm so grateful for. Teamwork makes the dream work. Makes I do not know work. why yes. I cannot talk today. I, yes. need, to, I yes. need to stop. <laughs> Liz, you're taking over. It was great talking to you. Definitely, like I said in the beginning, it's just, I've always been captivated by, like as a little girl, I would go to Congress just to grab all of the magazines there. And then obviously, as I aged and grew up, it's a little bit harder to find anything in print and everything went digital. And obviously me being a millennial, that was the best part. So I enjoy flipping through the magazine every month. And Jenna recommended you for doing an interview. So I'm really glad that we were able to connect. I I, And we would love to hear from you in the future. Perfect. I'm a-okay with that. Thank you for your time today, Susanna. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And I'm sure hopefully we can talk with you or hook up with you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you both. All right, that'll be your class. Bring them in and line them up.